Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Monday, February 12th. It is five minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So the U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, he was hospitalized again over the weekend for a bladder issue. And then just uh, recently it came out that he is now in the critical care unit. They said after tests and evaluations were conducted, he was admitted. Uh, They said that the current bladder issue is not expected to change his anticipated full recovery or his cancer prognosis which continues to remain excellent however he has transferred his powers to the deputy defense secretary kathleen hicks for the time being yeah look i mean ever no matter politics aside whatever i mean you want the guy to get better and, mm-hmm. and hopefully he makes a full recovery but there he has a pretty important job he's not some undersecretary somewhere and his inability to kind of do his job right now mm-hmm. now on multiple occasions at some point, you may have to start thinking a little bit above yourself and and thinking, look, we already have a president that doesn't know where he's at. Clearly, we need quality people who can do the job. And uh, I, it doesn't seem like his health is permitting him to do the job that is warranted for the taxpayers of this country because – Again, he's not some ambassador to Belgium. Mm-hmm. He's the defense secretary. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And he was supposed to testify before the House Armed Services Committee coming up on February 29th about keeping his previous hospitalization a secret without the knowledge of Congress and even the president. Did you notice, though, as soon as this happened this weekend, it came out very quickly. Yeah. Like, I uh, learned my mistake, which is, you know, at least nice. There was uh, behavior correction. Well, and again, you look at the condition of this country right now, and you look at Biden, and we earlier in the show talked about that ridiculous infomercial or whatever it was that he did mm-hmm. before the Super Bowl going after shrinkflation. shrinkflation. Mm-hmm. And totally just not acknowledging his role in all of this, which is major, um, and the government's role in this, which is major. Um, but, you, I mean, we have a president who, according to a special counsel, his memory is so bad that he basically can't be charged or it was it was a hindrance to him being charged with the crime. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's horrifying that that is the person who's in charge of our military and national security. And now you got this guy who can't show up to work. Who's who's leaving this country? The deputies, it sounds like. And if Joe Biden isn't going to be facing criminal charges, then maybe Donald Trump shouldn't be facing criminal charges either. Like well, they're saying, you know, this guy's Biden's too, his memory's too gone. It, it's, a, it's a two-tiered problem for Biden. Obviously, the thing that's going to hit you right between the eyes is this special counsel is saying the president's memory is so horrible mm-hmm. that he can't remember when he was vice president. I mean, he in that interview claimed he could not recall when he when he was vice president and i think the more telling date that he couldn't recall was the death of his son because he quotes that or references that he does all the, time. all the time and he uses that to either try to have some sort of engagement with people or empathy and if you're going to use that and go to it all the time you better remember when it happened yeah it was it was it, so that's the first the first part of this that's highly concerning but the second part of this is 
it totally, if they indeed, if Jack Smith goes forward on this, which he's going to do everything in his power to go forward with it, it totally feeds Trump's narrative of a rigged system. And average people will look at this and go, wait a second, this guy did the exact same thing and he's not getting charged with anything because he's such a dithering old man, mm -hmm. but I'm supposed to vote for him. Right. And so it's going to help Trump. Which one is it? Right, right. And we talked about in the earlier in the show on how it's sort of this weird Shakespearean tragedy that on one hand, this guy's whole life was about wanting to be president of the United States. I mean, he just kept running for president over a basically 30-year span until he finally pulled it off. And then when he does... His other part of his life was being <clears throat> completely corrupt, mm -hmm. and these things now have merged together where the corruption parlayed over into the other, and will likely yeah. keep him from wi winning the presidency, you know, again. So it, it's uh, there, there's no there, we have no idea who's defending this country right now or who's in charge of keeping this country safe, and that is horrifying. And of course, it's just been fueling the rumors about uh, a Michelle Obama possibility well so this is the other thing i was going to mention was i think it was rich lowry wrote this piece and if i'm wrong i apologize but it was about and it was about where the democrat party is with biden and mm -hmm. his theory in this piece because you have long subscribed and i kind of believe with you i believe along the lines you are thinking i should say was that um they got to try to get him to convention and then figure out a way to you know worm him out of there and then get a hand-picked successor in but if you operate from the standpoint that Michelle Obama is not one doesn't necessarily want it, which a lot of people close to her continue to say, and two, mm -hmm. she's not necessarily a slam dunk victory if she gets it, then do you really want to do this? Because what are the other options? Kamala Harris is a total non-starter, and you have to bypass her, which that's going to alienate. Like if you go with Gavin Newsom mm -hmm. and you take the black woman and you give it to a white man, yeah, oh, that's going to set off rage inside the Democrat Party. And there's no guarantee that Newsom is going to be some, you know, home run hitter either. Look, he was a dumpster fire in that debate with Ron DeSantis. Yeah, Ron DeSantis ran circles around him. All you got to do is call him out on his lies. And so so maybe it isn't so clear cut and dry that we got to get rid of Biden. Maybe this was the point of his article was maybe it is the better option to try to hide him in a basement again. It mm -hmm. worked the last time right. and get him across the finish line and then get him out of there. So I, I thought that was interesting. I don't necessarily subscribe to that, but it was a well-written it was a well-written piece. So over the weekend, another thing that happened was that uh, Donald Trump came out and he said we should never give money anymore without the hope of a paycheck or without strings attached. The United States of America should be stupid no longer. And of course, he was talking about the billions of dollars in foreign aid, the for the the border bill. Can you read which the didn't first actually? The border. Read the first part of that quote, though, again. He said, we should never give money anymore without the hope of a payback or without strings attached. Well, OK. And I know so he's saying loan. Fine. But don't just give our money. Yeah, away. yeah, 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 yeah. But OK. But that's interesting that he would say that about Ukraine, because you could also apply that to this country. Look at the dollars we just hand out to otherwise able bodied people who are totally capable of getting off their ass and going to work each day. And we just, I mean, look at the just billions upon billions of dollars that we give out in this country. And I agree with him on Ukraine, but I also agree with that on making people go to work. Well, okay. You, you could apply that here. You just, you could apply that here, but let me take it to the next level. How about all the money that's getting paid to migrants in the pre prepaid sure. cards? $53 million? 
I mean, when you compare that cost, the Department of Veteran Services only gets $21 million. Billion. Million. Billion. That's got to be billion, right? There's no way that they have just given illegal immigrants $53 million. There's no way. They give that out every single day. Right? That, that can't be right. $53 million? I'm the- guessing that's what the M stands for. But we can look it up. Yeah. I mean, what, no, no, no. There's three million, three million illegals crossed into the country last year. Who's ever citing that as a number? That can't even be close. There's three million illegal immigrants came in this country last year. If you gave every single one of them 20 bucks, you're at 60 million. Mm-hmm. They're giving these people way more than that. Uh, well, it's from Fox News. Um, but again- I call bull crap on that, that, it's 50, <laughs> that we've given $53 million out to illegal immigrants. Yeah, I mean that. Uh, there's got to be a caveat to that because if you gave every single one of those people an average of twenty bucks that came in here, and you know they got way more than that, I think Fox News is full of it. Okay, well, how about food aid per person per day? SNAP people receive seven fifty nine, seven dollars fifty nine cents. The prepaid migrant cards are twelve dollars and fifty two cents. So they get almost double. Yes. What? That's per person per day. Per person per day. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's per day. Maybe it's fifty three million per day. Does it say in the? Does it say is that per year? Is that per forever? I mean, maybe it's per day. Maybe they meant fifty three million per day, because that's. I mean, at twelve dollars and something per immigrant, that's <laughs> an un, that's an unbelievable amount of money. It looks like one hundred and fifty billion per year. Thank you. Yes. Okay. <laughs> now we're in the ballpark. Thank you, Jason. Yeah, that's getting kidding. I was like, that can't even be close. That it's only fifty three million dollars. They lose that in the couch cushions at the federal government. Yeah, one hundred fifty billion per year. That sounds way more spot on about the amount of money we give away to illegal immigrants. Yeah, perfect. So is it what? It's per day. I don't know. You have the story in front of you. That's why I keep asking you to clarify your story. You know what? I want to, uh, we have to move on because you know what it's time for. What is it's, it time for? It's time for you to be super positive. Oh! <laughs> Tired of hearing Rob talk about all the bad news? Time to find your happy place. Turn that frown upside down. It's time for in <laughs> Rainbows with Rob. <laughs> Uh, okay, so over the weekend, I had the uh, the privilege of working my second job, and uh, doing that, many people came up to me and said, we love, we love just hearing you being forced to be positive about things. <laughs> and so it's apparently an award-winning, very excitable, popular segment mm-hmm. where I take a story each, uh, each day, or usually each day, and uh, I can only say good things. And if not, then I get a little zappy zap. And um, I thought long and hard about this one. Mm-hmm. And it just it was it became very clear to me what the positive story over the weekend was. And it was that Casey. Yeah. I am now one and know in my professional wrestling managerial career as the world famous Mud Flat Mafia. Yeah. Won their match at the uh, Indy Power Indiana Powerhouse Wrestling uh, event in Muncie, Indiana over the Your weekend. Your childhood dream of being an evil villain came oh true. Oh, my gosh, Casey. And you excelled at it. How Casey, shocking. Casey, it was uh, just, a, a, I mean, it was, there were probably 200 people at the Delaware County Fairgrounds. Great house of people. Mm-hmm. And you have never lived, Casey, mm-hmm. until you have enraged the people of Muncie, Indiana, <laughs> where they are screaming F-bombs at you. Were little really? Little children were extending middle fingers 
papers right what? into my face as I walked around the arena. Oh, my gosh. It was just the greatest of times. Uh, I did get involved in the match. I was... Uh, uh, did you get in the ring? Uh, I was interfering from the outside. Okay. I was uh, working the microphone, insulting the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and the audience was great. And, yes, uh, the and the ultimately... Um, uh, the world-famous Mudflat Mafia, uh, through many shenanigans and outside interference, victorious mm-hmm. in their match, retaining their uh, their tag team champions. You going to do it again? No, I'm retiring. I'm going out undefeated. <laughs> that was enough for you. Well, congratulations. That's for- a really long drive to Muncie. That's yeah. really long. But one and know. Yeah. The record will forever stand. And uh, you you walk away a winner. Uh, undefeated. Fantastic. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, the WWE is coming in June mm-hmm. to Gainbridge, I think. Maybe I should uh, lobby for a cinema tape of me uh, doing my managing, and maybe <laughs> I could, like, manage The Rock or something. You know, he's back. Sure. CM Punk. Right. Or, uh, you know, Cody Well, he's Rhodes. turning into an evil villain himself. Yeah, I, I'd have to be the bad guy, so I'd have to be, like, The Rock or Roman mm-hmm. Reigns. i got to be on the bad guy side. But, yes, I was, I was a great bad guy Casey. i'm sure you were all right we've got susan graham who's going to join us next and she's going to tell us about helping hands and what's going on with her and her family in regards to the uh cuts to medicaid yes so uh, the deadline for comments on these fssa medicaid cuts to parents who are, are taking care of their severely disabled children uh is coming uh, fssa is not budging on these giant Medicaid cuts. Even Suzanne Crouch came out and asked for a pause and mm-hmm. they they told her, get lost lady. So we're running out of time to help these people. And, and she has professional experience in, in this field. She has a personal story with this field. And so we'll get up to date on the latest on these uh, very, very uh, bad uh, cuts proposed to helping these, these, uh, these poor kids. It is Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. Here comes the story of Eric Kane, the man the authorities came to pay for something 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here. And Casey, I, I thought we need to get an update on a, you know, a story we have covered quite a bit here on the program. And that is uh, the plan to cut hundreds of millions of dollars from uh, payments that are going to parents who are... Uh, dealing with children who have been affected by um, all sorts of various medical issues, Mm -hmm. you know, can't take care of themselves in many cases. And the parents Mm -hmm. have stepped up and and said, hey, we will we will do this. We are we will learn how to take care of our our kids who Mm -hmm. can't take care of themselves. And for several years now, the state has been paying those parents to do that. It seems like a great deal for the state. It's obviously a good deal for the parents. And now, because of this massive Medicaid screw-up... The $1 billion error? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, They have now are basically in the very near future going to ax those payments. We've had uh, Amy Roach, who's a, who's a parent of somebody affected by this, was on the program, talked about how it's impacting her and, mm-hmm. and thousands of other uh, you know parents and, and kids, of course, across central Indiana. So I thought, let's get an update because time's running short. These cuts are be- beginning to take a place or will be beginning to take place. The state is not showing any signs of moving off uh, or reversing course on these cuts, despite even Suzanne Crouch. Suzanne Crouch called for a pause of the cuts, but... Uh, so I said, let, let's bring in somebody who's not only deals with this on a daily basis, but also personally impacted by it. Her name is Susan Graham, and she's with an organization called Healing Hands. Susan, hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. So tell us, because you, you're very interesting with this, because um, 
you're, you're impacted both personally and professionally by this. So before we kind of get into get everybody updated on exactly what's been going on, tell us about your organization, Healing Hands, what you guys do and what you're seeing as a re- result of the state, you know, moving forward with these these cuts. Absolutely. So Healing Hands Personal Services provides parent attendant care to children with medically complex needs. Our families um, are through the entire state of Indiana, and our, our kids are some of the most medically complex situations in the state. Can you give us an example? When you say medically complex, yes. for someone who isn't familiar with that term, what does that mean? It means usually, and this is usually because each one of our children are one in a million. Sure, and they're all different. Absolutely. Yep. Um, I'll just use my daughter as an example. She is a former 24-week micropremie. She has hydrocephalus, epilepsy, cerebral palsy, a feeding tube, um, is vision impaired and uses a wheelchair. So she has multiple complex issues with multiple systems right. in her body. It's not just one. It's not just one thing. Not in typically, many cases. no. Usually these kids have multiple um, conditions that could be life threatening. Okay, so this is what floors Casey. Oh, I, and I'm going to speak for you, Casey. If I'm mm-hmm. wrong, you step right in as you always do and say you're full of it, Rob. But this is what <laughs> floors us is you talk about the the issues that your daughter has. Yes. And you as a parent have stepped up and said, I will take care of my kid. I don't want my kid being a ward of the state. I don't want to hand her over to the government. All I need to do in order to be able to take care of my kid because I can't work is have some sort of supplement to help me be able to afford food and, you know, rent and clothes. And at $14 an hour or whatever it was, it seems like an absolute bargain. Why is the state taking this money away? This is what so many people get going what, who's supposed to take care of these kids? Well, it's especially frustrating because when the program started, my family had not been able to get a nurse for three years. Mm. So for the first time, this is... Because the shortage, uh, shortage yes. of nurses? Yes, there's, okay. a, there's a shortage of nurses, and then there's even fewer nurses who want to work in home care. Yeah. Uh, and pediatric home care is even more rare. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Let's just keep adding another level on to Yes, it. absolutely. So our, our kids are, are not receiving the services that they need. The state is suddenly saying, well, we'll pay anybody else but the parents. Um, And it's almost a third of what you pay a nurse. Susan Graham is our guest. She's with the organization called Healing Hands. And um, we're talking about these cuts that are coming to payments to parents um, who are dealing with medically complex. I think that's there's an actual term for it. You were feeling it's medically complex is the actual um, term. And. Have they given a reason? They still, to me, like there's, I think what angers people so much is they're saying, look, we'll pay somebody else to come in mm-hmm. and take care of your kid, but we won't pay you to take care of your the kid. The reason the FSSA keeps kind of reiterating is that the program is one of the fastest growing within their their realm of right. services. Um, and my argument for that would be that our kids are finally receiving the services the state said they're qualifying for for the first time (laughs) so do you think this is uh fssa's way of slowing it down yes i do um part of the problem is fssa has been approving hours approving hours approving hours automatically so uh, some parents um you you apply for hours you try to justify the hours that your child needs fssa had an automatic on button during covid And we've talked about this how many times, right? Mm -hmm. And this is, I think, what makes people like us angry is Medicaid was putting able-bodied people 
who should have been working during COVID, like literally, I mean, you've got 2 million plus people at one point were on the Medicaid rolls, as Nikki Kelly talked with us Mm -hmm. about. And a lot of those people should have been working, but they weren't working because the governor shut the state down. So then he comes in with this federal money because he shut the state down. And now you've got all these able-bodied people who shouldn't be getting government-backed, you know, insurance medical care. But because you can't make those people mad because you took their job away from them, now they're going after the most vulnerable people. And it's just it, like this doesn't make any I sense to anyone. I think they think we're an easy target. It's it's children. So they're saying, oh, well, parents can just take care of their children. Well, that's not it. I have skills that some veteran nurses don't have. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I have stopped veteran nurses from trying to give my daughter uh, medicine with a hypodermic needle. That's not how you use a G-tube. That's that's not how you give a child with a G-tube medication. Um so I have actually stopped veteran nurses from making mistakes with my child. Uh, our children cannot go to daycare. They can't go to after school programs. They can't go to a nanny or a teenage babysitter after school because those people aren't trained to care for them. It would be dangerous. Yeah, I just so uh, and Susan Graham is our guest. She's with an organization called Healing Hands. We're talking about the um, payments that are shutting off from FSSA to to parents who are caring for Uh, medically complex kids at home, obviously kids with, in many cases, severe um, disabilities. Are you surprised, given the backlash, that the state has refused to budge on this? I mean, there doesn't seem to be compromise. There doesn't seem to be middle ground. They're just saying, nope, done. See ya. I'm not surprised, no. How how frustrated are you when they say, you know what, we'll give you $14 an hour, but we'll give total stranger more? I am incredibly frustrated. I do not want a stranger caring for my daughter. Um, The chance for abuse, the chance for someone not showing up when you are supposed to be at work, it it, it skyrockets when you invite a stranger into your home. Um, I, I am intensely frustrated that the families that we work with are being put in this vulnerable financial situation. These are good, hardworking families that have been put in a very hard situation They have done the right thing. They are taking care of their child or their children. We have families with multiple children in our program. What? What? Okay. So we, when we had Amy Roach on, I guess this has been about a month ago now. We told people to call. Told them to email. They called and emailed. It didn't seem to do any good. What? What can we do now? How can we help? What? What can we do? What are you guys trying to do? These parents who have organized to get some sort of help or resolution with this issue. What can we do? I think one of the best things you can do is contact your legislative representative, um, your local. Go past the governor. Go around the governor. Go, ro- go around the governor. Um, I truly believe the governor is in his last you know, year or so, and he's not up for re-election. I don't think he cares about all of our vulnerable little ones that are going to be put in a very hard situation if he doesn't step up. So go around. Go for the people that are up for re-election. Make this an, a re-election issue. Tell them that this is unacceptable to treat children and their families, Hoosiers, these are Hoosier kids, um, it's it's not right to treat them this way. These kids should not be living in poverty because FSSA decided that their parents shouldn't be paid. Uh, thank you, Susan, for telling your story. And, you know, we, we so appreciate it. And um, I just, I it makes me sick what they're doing because you said the correct thing. We talk all the time on this show about things government shouldn't be doing. 
One thing they should be doing is ensuring that people who can't fend or take care of themselves are fended for and taken care of. And the fact that they're willing to give, as Rainwater said, you know, last time he was on, they're giving a half a billion dollars to these rich mega corporations mm-hmm. through the IEDC, yet they claim they have no money for these people is just, it's 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 gross and Holcomb's gross. And um, thank you, Susan, for coming. And, and we hope we can help you in some some way get what, what you guys are asking thank for. Thank you for having me and thank you for telling our story. We yeah. really appreciate it. And apparently now anybody who's running for office, we know one question we need to ask them. Absolutely. Where do they stand on this issue? Um, it is Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. Good morning. It's 1137 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So can we get into the drama that's going on between Donald Trump and Nikki Haley? This is this back and forth between these two. This is bad. This is bad. Look, everybody knows I'm by no means a Nikki Haley fan. I'm totally not voting for her. Not that our vote's going to matter here anyway. But this is what we talked about with Trump. Mm -hmm. And he... Once, you know, hey, DeSantis is out and he's going to be the winner. And how do you pivot? He needed to pivot. So how does he pivot into general election mode? Mm -hmm. And this stuff with her, you're going to win. You've already won. Like, she's just stop talking. She's won something like two counties in the entire of the three states that have voted so far. You know, he wins that that caucus big and and in Nevada and it's like she's no threat she's just playing presidential candidate at this point everybody knows that just keep winning and just keep talking use this as an opportunity you have an opponent so there's still a race you're getting earned media use it as an opportunity to talk about your vision for the country and he delves into this bizarre thing about her husband and it makes him look so bad yeah so he was taunting her about her husband not being on the campaign trail he's currently deployed with the national guard daily mail of course put out this expose saying that she has uh, had affairs in his absence and i don't know if he's alluding to that or if he's just of course he is casey you know exactly what he's alluding to okay you know what that's a losing proposition for him because it makes him look bad when her husband is serving the country just let it go. Yeah, you know, and we were talking about this during the break, and, and Jason popped in on that, That, and he's right. Most people, it's not going to make them not vote for him. But here's where it does hurt you. It is, well, first of all, he needs every Republican vote he can get. I mean, there are states where if 5,000 people stayed home, it's going to make the difference. You, you know, Michigan, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania, I mean, the usual suspects are all going to come down to five, ten thousand 10,000 votes, and... You need every person in your corner that you can get. And second of all, he just just alienates himself Mm -hmm. from people who otherwise should be in lockstep with him because of the policies. And if if she has had an affair on her husband while he's been deployed, that is between her and her husband. Her husband would be an innocent victim in that mm-hmm. he is serving his country and you're you're going you're essentially going after a guy or trying to humiliate a guy who hasn't 
done anything wrong. It's like kicking him when he's down. He's serving his country. Yeah. He's he's uh, literally a half a world away. He's in Africa, and you're you're why? What what do you gain by this? This this is always the this is the question I've learned to ask myself as an adult. Uh, Jason and I have known each other for. 25 years and will vouch I didn't used to ask myself this question until about three or four years ago but now I actively ask myself all the time as an adult of 40 years old what do I gain mm -hmm. what are the negatives and the positives mm -hmm. by whatever I'm about to do right and if the negatives outweigh are, the are anywhere close to the positives right. even if they don't outweigh but if there's anywhere close then I don't do the thing anymore. I used to do the thing all the time. Why? Because I was young and stupid and no one was going to tell me the how to live my life, right? Sure. But now as a married person with children, with a child, um, do you say child or children if you just have, is it? Um, just one. Yeah. Do, child. Am, is it just a married person with a child? Is mm -hmm. that the correct grammar? Mm -hmm. I, <laughs> I now do this on all things that I roam into, which is... Um, does the, the the negatives and the positives, and if they're anywhere close, I just don't do the thing. And he does the thing with no upside whatsoever. There's not one single solitary person who's now going to vote for Donald Trump who was not going to vote for him before because he brings the alleged extramarital affairs mm -hmm. of Nikki Haley mm -hmm. into the conversation. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, I just, you know, some of the more ridiculous things that he will say or, you know... I exaggerated stuff yeah you just kind of brush it off with uh, that well that's trump i don't know this one to me it rubs me the wrong way well you way. have military people in your family i do and this one just rubs me because he knows that the guy's deployed so it just makes him look bad now, and, and it makes him look uninformed and just not patriotic and trump is the and so i just saw somebody post this in the youtube chat and i was by the way, you can watch us on YouTube if you just you have to put Hammer and Nigel in today, but that's fine. You you find us, we're there. It's us. Um, the um, somebody posted this, and they're absolutely right that Trump is the last person who should be talking about other people and, and screwing around on their wives. And what's going on? Because let's not forget, Trump is accused shortly after his wife gave birth to Baron mm -hmm. of having an affair with a porn star. Yeah. Okay. So let's you know, it's just, again, it's just. These are the things I'm talking about that when it comes time to vote in November, yeah, is that going to cost him a flood of people? No. But if it's a 1,000 people here and then he does something and it's a 1,000 mm -hmm. people over there and then he does another thing and it's a 1,000 people over here and the thing comes down to five or 10,000 votes, aren't you going to really wish you hadn't needlessly alienated those people? Right. Just say nothing instead. But here he is, Donald Trump mocking Nikki Haley and uh, her husband comes over to see me at Mar-a-Lago, sir, I will never run against you. She brought her husband. Where's her husband? Oh, he's away. He's away. Where, what happened to her husband? What happened to her husband? Where is he? He's gone. He knew. He knew. He's okay. gone because he's serving in the military, Casey. <laughs> so he's Nick not on some vacation. I know. And this is Nikki Haley responding. And she said, uh, he's been deployed. I am proud of Michael's service. Mm -hmm. Every military spouse knows it's a family sacrifice. I have long talked about the fact that we need to have mental competency tests for mm -hmm. anyone over the age of 75. Donald Trump claims that he would pass that. Maybe he would, maybe he wouldn't. But if you mock the service of a combat veteran, 
you don't deserve a driver's license, let alone being president of the United States. Okay, so then uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, he was at Mar-a-Lago, uh, Mar-a-Lago over the weekend. Yeah. And that's, you just say Trump's house. It's hard to say that. Trump, I always, I always, I always tr- add an extra R Well, it's, it's a hard one to say. You could just say Trump's house. Trump's but house. From now on, we will just call it Trump's house. Okay. And uh, so that, of course, is fueling the rumors about him being a possible vice president That would be a pick. disaster. New York Times is saying, well, wouldn't Donald Trump love that? Because here's a guy who just props Trump up, and, and wouldn't disaster. he love to have, you know— Vivek around him all the time telling him how wonderful he is and then Joe Rogan on one of his recent podcasts was saying that Vivek is an animal and that in a good way and that he is the future of the party the Republicans wanted the best spokesman it's Vivek yeah dude that guy's an animal smooth dude I was just praising him on the way here I've been watching him on the Breakfast Club, man. He's I so like good. He's, he's so composed, dude, and he's, he's only thirty-eight, which is what you want. You want someone yeah, who actually has yeah. a future. Thirty-eight. You don't might want be a little young. I'm gonna leave my mark, bang. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you don't want that. So they're saying you want somebody who's excited about the future, somebody young who can carry the mantle later. Can we take a break? I saw something over the weekend, and it wasn't about Trump, but as I was watching it, it totally reminded me of Trump, and the issues this person had are very similar. To the issues, the, the issues that undid this person are very similar to the problems Trump has. Can I? I, I that's how about that for a tease? You have no idea what I'm going to say. When I you don't. Come back. I want to know who this yeah. person is. Yeah, absolutely. You totally do. And so does <laughs> okay. everyone else. It's Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. Good morning. It's nine minutes away from 12. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So who do you know that is like Donald Trump besides Donald Trump? Because it was a great dream when you met. I didn't say, and yes, thank you. I did interview the president once. He did say it was a great dream. Mm -hmm. Wished every interview could be just like this. Mm -hmm. uh, And I knew what was going on in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, Thank you for reminding everyone of that, Mm -hmm. Casey. No, what I had said was... um, I was watching a documentary over the weekend. This is several years old now. Yeah. And uh, ESPN has this thing called 30 for 30 where they take a look right. oftentimes at, scan- you know, scandalous events in sports or, you know, newsmaking events in sports from years ago and do hour and a half documentaries on them. And there was one several years ago on the firing of Bob Knight mm-hmm. at IU. And they went back on this documentary, and again, it's several years old now, and they found the guy at CNN who broke the story on – uh, Bob Knight choking Neil Reed, which was kind of the catalyst that led to the end of Bob Knight. And this guy spent over a year putting this story together, and it started with some whispers, and then he just kind of went down every single rabbit hole, and this tape, there was a tape, he knew there was a tape at, at some point, after Reed tells him, you know, the, the whole story, and he's like on the quest for this holy grail tape, and he finally gets it, and then of course it ends in the, with the Kent Harvey thing, hey night, and then night gets fired. And so the guy, this guy who for CNN is the narrator, goes back through all his old files and is reliving the story. And what you realized about Bob Knight, and it reminds me so much of Donald Trump, is that you had this larger than life figure this beloved figure, this controversial figure, and a guy who 
deep down was an incredible human being. Like you, they interview people and they talk about all the good that Bob Knight did for charity and all the people that he helped. And you realize Bob Knight at his core was this phenomenal guy who had this very big heart, but it was his lack of self-control and his refusal to have barriers put around him that ultimately led to his downfall. Mm -hmm. And as I'm watching this documentary, and I say this as obviously a huge Bob Knight fan, I realized how much the Knight story really mirrors that of Donald Trump. Because Donald Trump does have a big heart. I think he loves this country very much. He has an incredible personality. He has incredible charisma. He has incredible the ability to do immense good and has helped many, many people in his life. But there is just something about Donald Trump and his inability to be corralled or have people who can stand up to him around him. And it didn't end well for Bob Knight. And it it just, I worry it's not going to end well for Donald Trump because I worry that it is going to cost him once again, another what should be easily winnable election. And as, I, as I'm watching that documentary at night, it's just I just was hit time and time again. Things Knight would do, things Knight would say, the you know, the just how that never should have happened and it never needed to happen. And Bob Knight deserved this great send off as the all time winningest college basketball coach mm-hmm. at IU court to be named after him, you know, streets named after him. And instead, he gets all that in relative obscurity at Texas Tech because he was mortally flawed despite being so great. And it just reminds me so much of Donald Trump. It's so disappointing because you it know it could be word. so much better. Yeah. Oh, they're they're better than that. And that's the thing about Trump talking about Nikki Haley's husband that bothered me. It's disappointing. He's better than that. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Jason. And thank you for listening today. Tony Katz is up next. We'll catch you back here tomorrow on 93 WIBC.